That shit hit, don't it, though? That shit hit, yeah. That's that Pineapple Express my mama gave me just for the show, dog. <laughs> just for the show. She was like, you make sure your people smoke good now, you hear me? This is the turn up right here, bro. I'm not, I'm not lying. This is the turn up right here. Hey y'all, it's your boy Doobie. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with your main boy Doobie Rock, bringing it to you live, baby. Hitting it with you real slow, coming from the east to the west, from the north to the south. We got it, everything, baby. Everything you want, everything you need to help you get away from this stressful day today. So listen to me. I'm gonna spit some game for y'all real quick. I got my man with me, DD. The Spectrum is in the house. My man, DD, say what's up to him, boy. What's poppin'? What's poppin', everybody? Yeah, yeah. So look, man. Listen, man, we got a. This dude right here is so fucking talented, man. I have known him since high school. And ever since high school, bro, this nigga has been on his shit. He's always stayed out the way, always stayed away from the drama, always done his thing. Now, now he got an album out, right? So we brought him in in today to talk to y'all. So we finna get that going real quick. So, my man, DD, to get it started, man, what made you wanna get into music? You know what I'm saying? Like, where did that start for you? What age do you feel like that started at? Um. As far as getting into music, I'd say that probably started around 14. Same 14. time my brother started producing and stuff like that. Because I started out making beats. <laughs> and um, so your brother started producing, right? And what like what like pushed you to hop on the mic? Like, like you remember the first time you hopped on the mic? Yes. What, um, walk me through that. <laughs> walk me through that. I think I wasn't willing to get onto the microphone unless mm. my brother was producing it. Because... Right. I know I'm really OCD about shit. Right, right. Like, if the mixing don't sound right in my ear and I don't like how I sound, I don't want to record because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm losing confidence. No doubt. No but, doubt. Yeah, it was really interesting though. Um, I I think my first song is actually, it's still on SoundCloud. I may have deleted it. I might not have. But it was, uh, it was an all clean, like, poetry that I did 
Um, and my brother wouldn't let me spit it unless it was completely clean Word. in our household. That ain't never sure. fly. But so you grew up in, in like a no cursing household? Yeah, no cursing, right. fully Christian, all of that. Mm. And still to this day, it's a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, um, that experience was super crazy. It was a moment I felt not only in love with the way music sounds in your ears, especially when you're the one writing it, into the feeling of being proud of that work. So it was truly life changing for me. Word up, word up. So, as a kid, right? What type of uh, what type of artists inspired you? And when you make music, what kind of artists do you derive inspiration from? Who inspired me? Well, my favorite rapper since I was a kid, Wiz Khalifa. Mm. I just solid, respect solid. that man's Hell work yeah. ethic. Hell yeah, his business ownership. As Hell well yeah, as his entrepreneurial. Hell um, yeah. talent and everything. When motherfuckers say you can't smoke weed and get shit done, I always point out Wiz. <laughs> yeah, because you can't is. say shit about that man. Mm-hmm. No He's, cap, no cap. Who else though? Um, Eminem at the time. Now I'm kind of sick of Eminem. Not gonna cap. Um, Damn. <laughs> Don't get mad at us, y'all. <laughs> he doing too much. You I feel you. Uh, so, Wizzle, <clears throat> Eminem, Mac Miller, hmm. um, so. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. And now, biggest influences of all time, X. DMX uh, or XXX? DMX too, but XXX, because my brother actually produced one of his songs. Word. A couple of his songs, actually. Word. So, like that Joey Badass Infinity 888, yeah. Brothers Peace Soul, he produced that track. That's nuts. Yeah, so. That's okay. So, you got real connections in the uh-huh. game. All right. Rosters in my family. Word. Word. All Word. Crazy stuff. I think my grandfather or like maybe great uncle, something like that, was right. playing for. Um, a bass on Bob Marley's bands one of Bob Marley's bands wow like, like, like the Whalers or yeah I think the Whalers wow that's either, nuts either Bob or Ziggy Marley I don't know that's, like, that's legendary though regardless of whether it's Bob or Ziggy that's some legendary shit right there cause you know them Marley's is like roster royal <laughs> for real hell yeah so you know listening listening to that, to that song we played in the intro there it's definitely different rap so I have to wonder if you took or if you were ever inspired by artists outside of rap. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. Um, Motley Crue, ACDC, mm. Def Leppard, uh, Guns N' Roses, Green Day, recently MGK. What's your favorite Green Day song? Favorite Green Day song? It's between Holiday mm, that's a and good one. 21 Guns. Mm. Mm. 21 Guns, bro. Oh, man. Let me tell you something, dog. Like... You know, in the hood, okay, so when you grow up in the hood, right, like, it's always rap, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you uh-huh. play anything else outside of rap, it's like, nigga, what the fuck you playing? But luckily for me, when I was living with with my grandmother, she exposed me to different music. And like you, I was a big fan of Green Day. And 21 Guns, boy, that was my motherfucking song back yeah. in the day, boy. That guitar on that song, dog, just the lyricism, all of that shit. Green Day went hard. Uh huh. They went hard. They fucked shit up, dog. Like, I-, I can't even lie. I cannot even lie. They fucked shit up. But Motley Crue. Okay, hold on. So let's backtrack it a little bit, cause cause you just hit. You just put out a whole bunch of heavy rock bands. Like, yeah. Now listening to your intro in my head makes sense. Listening listening to that song. So what makes sense? So. Motley Crew. I recently watched a documentary about them niggas. That oh, one that was so on great. Netflix. So great. You like that shit? Okay. Oh, I love that shit. So Bro, funny. that shit was so wild. When the fucking 
Ozzy Osman fucking or whatever the fuck that nigga's name is snorted ants off the fucking pavement bro <laughs> I was like bro white people should be arrested <laughs> like these motherfuckers is nuts bro that wasn't even the worst part right, right. he licked the nigga piss off the oh, bro bro the whole scene oh my God. there was so much shit that made me want to throw up you know what I mean <laughs> like when that nigga was throwing shit at the walls bro bro that's not even human shit that's animal shit bro okay I'm not gonna lie sometimes white people show me just how different grow, like raising like how like black kids and white kids are not raised the same right like mm-hmm. if I had thrown animal shit at my mama's walls <laughs> you kidding me nigga in a grave in a gra- oh my oh, god so my mama would have beat my ass there was so much shit in the hood that got your ass beat especially by your mama so speaking of which I, I want to break off music for a minute speaking of which what in your family because I talked about this last episode what in your family was like a rule growing up that that you think white people wouldn't understand if they wasn't black. Because <laughs> we all got one, nigga. We all got some shit that our parents said that that it only made sense to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was it for you? I feel like it was probably kind of learned lesson. Don't do anything you think would get your ass beat. Mm. Like, mm. I got my ass beat just think just because. Yep. Not even just because like I did something just because in case I'm gonna do something. Yup. So, Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I got my ass beat in the morning. <laughs> I was like, what did I do? I just woke up. And he's like, just in case you don't do nothing later. <laughs> oh oh what the hell, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, man. Okay. You not lying about that, boy, because it's like when you come up with siblings, if you have siblings and they do something wrong, you get your ass beat with them. Dude, like, I think that's happened like once or twice. Yeah, you get your ass beat with them just because it's like they don't know if you had nothing to do with it and your parents aren't sure, so they like, I'm going to beat this nigga's ass just in case. Now I've grown up, I can see why that would make sense. Yeah, but like, yeah. Back then, it just seemed like, yeah. oh, you get it, you get it, you, you get, get it, it just Everybody in case. get it, yo. Yep. <laughs> and then, but at the same time, like I get it because then it's like, all right, you see your sibling doing something wrong, you're going to try and stop him because you're going to be like, nigga, I'm going to get my ass beat with you. No. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you try and stop that shit. So, like, I understand it. But back then, man, I thought my mom was just crazy. But nah. Nah. Yeah, that did seem like it, didn't it? You know what I'm saying? I remember this one time I was getting my ass open. I know I was pissing my mama off. Right. I, don't, I didn't even care at the time, right? But, like... Me as a kid, I was probably like 9 or 10 or something like that. I thought I was a pretty big kid. But I, my mind completely flipped on that situation when my mom had the strength to pick me up by my shirt one-handed up against the wall like, you better stop playing. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> oh, Hell no. Nah. Oh, dear Lord, what yep. is this? <laughs> That's mamas for you, man. They don't play. Especially black moms. Like, one thing I've noticed, like, and this goes for all moms, there is nothing stronger on this planet than a mom's love, mm-hmm. right? But that means... They one of the few people in this world that's going to love you to the point where they're going to get on your ass for doing wrong, even when you don't see it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, when you come up, you know, like your mom's always on your ass about doing your homework. And some niggas, you know, who come up in the hood, it's like, okay, yeah, you want me to do my homework, but 
this nigga's dying right uh-huh. outside. You know what I'm saying? There's crackheads up and down the street. Like, how am I supposed to focus on the idea of what school can do for me and that dream when my reality is the complete opposite? So you feel like your mom don't understand. But in reality, she do. And she understands, a lot of black women understand this, that the only way to escape that reality that is the neighborhoods we live in is to focus on your dreams at all costs. You know what I'm saying? But especially me as a kid, I, I went through this problem personally. Me as a kid, I didn't understand that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't understand that they knew what was going to happen if I went down the path I went down. I believed I knew more than, I, than, than they did. And shit, I learned the hard way I did it. Some of us do, some of us don't. But I think it's important. If black men, if you if, if you are listening out there, listen to your fucking mama. Listen to your grandmama. Listen to your girlfriend. Because women got instincts that are 100% more advanced than men's. And they feel when something bad is going to happen. They can feel it in their gut. They can feel it in their heart. Listen to your mama, man. Listen to your grandmama. Real talk. That's coming from me, like. Yeah, even when you like, when you think in that mentality of a kid growing up, can't wait to get out of the house, can't wait to be on my own and do what I want to fucking do. Right. And even in that, when you're growing up, you still don't need your mama advice. Right. Or at least somebody that's important and like has a solid place in your life. Right. You need their advice because those loved ones that you trust and give so much uh, faith in mm-hmm. are the same ones that's gonna give it back to you. Mm-hmm. So you can't just disregard all that information once you start to grow up and think that you know it all mm-hmm mm-hmm cause I promise you man one thing I learned in my life is that you never quit learning I'm learning new shit every day I'm 21 I'm st- shit and I know there's some 40 year olds that don't want to admit it but they still learning new shit every day too and sometimes from the people that are younger than them. hell yeah hell yeah like that's that's just how the world go alright but kicking it back to music though I hear I hear that Either you're working on an album or you just put an album out, right? Yeah. So I'm working on an album, but I, I've already finished the mixtape that's going to drop before the album. Okay. Okay. All right. So 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 walk me through that. Walk the people who are listening through that. Uh, what is coming up with you as an artist, dog? Kid us with that. Me as an artist, um, I'm going to be doing my first show here in a couple weeks or to a month or so, okay, I think. Okay, okay. Michael's putting out a show, right? Yep, where he's yep. Like, he's we working on that. We was just talking about that today. Uh, I was, well, I'm one of the artists that's going to be on the platform, yep. I think. So, yep. I'm looking forward to that. I also submitted an application to be a live performer at the First Avenue Club. Oh, of course. Too. Yeah. Of course. I did that. That's big. Uh-huh. That's big. <laughs> Especially for me. I was, yeah. I was so nervous about the shit for the past few years. And I'm surprised to say, like, I'm, I'm getting there now. Right. Like, right. you don't think, like, back then, I don't know why I'm going to make it to this point. When you finally do, it's just right. a rush of relief, and, you know. Right. Then my confidence grows mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. No yeah. doubt. Man, yeah, First Avenue, man, if you're going to put it down in Minneapolis, that's one of the fucking spots to do it. That's, that's a legendary spot. Everybody who's been big, who's come through Minnesota has been the first half. I mean, what's it feel like thinking that you got the possibility of standing on the same stage Prince did? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm a little worried that like when my feet hit that stage, because it's going to happen. And it's going to make, make it happen some motherfucking way. I feel you on that. And I do, not only will it be a rush of relief and excitement, but... 
a feeling of blessing that you mm-hmm. got the chance to not only stand where they stood, but go past what they did, mm. which is crazy. Mm. Say that again for him, man. Say that again for him, man. Let him hear that again. It's not just the feeling of standing in the blessing of being able to stood where they stood, but the ability to know you could also go past what they did. Mm. DD the Spectrum, y'all. He just put it down. Write that shit down because my boy just said it. You just heard it here on Real Talk. All right, so let me ask you something, man. Let me ask you something that's real. As an artist, what are some of the struggles... I mean, this can be internal, external, whatever. What are some of the struggles you feel like you've had to face and overcome to get where you are today? Um, a lot of it is, I think, my most improved qualities from being young to where I am now hmm. is learning the most patience I can possibly learn. Right. Especially with the way people be acting today. Hell yeah. But I've learned a lot about patience, about who you should and shouldn't share your positive energy with, as well as your trust. Right. And um, to think before you act. Mm. Especially when it comes to words and anything that could get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So thinking on thinking before you before you act or before you speak how did you have to learn that lesson because I'm an impulsive motherfucker mm. <laughs> and mm. still to today I still I, mm. I've kind of realized it's more so not like sometimes that you grow but sometimes you even grow in a weird way so you have to relearn something to grow again in the right direction hell yeah hell yeah so yeah I did that a lot and I kind of can't remember like where I was going with it because I'm kind of high right now. I heard that, my I heard that. You ain't lying, boy. We about to get more high, you heard me? We about to be high than a minute skirt. Ha! You heard me? You know what's weird? I was thinking, even though I'm a big guy on fashion, I don't know if I would want to wear like <laughs> those rappers that be trying to rock kilts as like a part of <laughs> I was thinking have you ever seen pictures of like these new wave rappers with those fucking purses not even like the bags that, like the fanny packs that go over mm-hmm. over your chest those actually are valuable you they know what I'm valuable. saying okay those are cool but some of these purses who was that I think it was I think it was uh, it had to be Uzi I, it was Uzi for sure. Yep, Uzi. Uzi was one of them, and Young Thug. Oh, Young yeah. Thug was a nigga I saw with a purse and a dress. Now, mm-hmm. before I go further, let me say something. I ain't got nothing wrong with nobody who is transgender. Mm-hmm. All right, I got nothing against y'all. Y'all do what y'all do. You know what I'm saying? You live your own life. Only you know who you are. Can't nobody else tell you that you're wrong. Um, but when it comes to the rap game, now. If Young Thug had came out when he first started with the with marketing himself as transgender or as being somebody who experiments with those kind of things like wearing women's clothing. Okay, if that's what he had marketed himself as, I would have no problem with it because, okay, that's who you said you were when you came out. But Young Thug came out as who? 
Young Thug. What's in his name? Thug. What's some shit that's not thug? A dress. A dress <laughs> and a purse. You wear that shit in the hood, niggas gonna laugh at you all the way home and back, my nigga. They gonna call, bro, like, that's just, that's, so it doesn't make any sense. And so it makes me think either you not who you say you are or you don't know who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, either you you marketing this young thug, because you know that's going to make money being hard, but in real life, you're not hard. Or maybe you really think you hard, and you just don't know that you're not. Because that's just don't, that's just not, I mean, I've met transgender thugs. Like, real, real transgender people who will fuck your ass up over a dice game. Met them. Cool with them. But... They will tell you that life is harder for them because they out here in these streets transgender. They got to fight twice as hard. They got to stick up for themselves twice as hard. And they get into twice as more drama because they're transgender. Right? So, to be putting on a dress and wearing a purse, you know what I'm saying? Like, you something not adding up to me. I, I don't know, young thug. What's going on? I got some. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, tell you, about you know what right? I'm yeah, tell at me. I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Enlighten <laughs> me. This has been going on since a while, since like the beginning of rap. A lot of rappers in the industry are surprisingly bisexual or gay, but mm. they are in the mm. closet mm-hmm. because of the way the industry treats rappers. Right. So Young Thug is signed to Cash Money Records, mm-hmm. right? Birdman was the guy that signed him in that five star group with Young Thug and like couple other rappers like Roddy Rich and some right. other people like that, right? Right. Birdman and Young Thug both have that uh you know, persona that they're thug gangsters, same right. with Little Wayne and shit, yep. right? But fun fact for you, I think they all secretly gay. Mm. And let me tell you why. Please do. Because Please do. <laughs> ah, if you look you can look up on the YouTube right now right. and see Lil Wayne and Birdman talking about with with the first like beginning of Cash Money Records, right? right. They was talking about or yeah, Birdman was talking about uh, <laughs> being gangster and being thug and having this dude um, as his bitch or whatever, right? And Lil Wayne is like, oh no, that can't be. I'm your man or some shit like that. And it might not, it's not like the exact words right. I'm saying exactly, but right. like, you know what they talking about as right. far as that goes, right? Yeah, And then nuts. he's like, it's just how we do it over here, you know? We kiss each other on the lips sometimes. And this, that, and there. What? I'm not even fucking with you. There's a picture of them kissing. <laughs> oh, no! And, and, and here's the craziest part, right? There's a story where Lil Wayne talks on, on YouTube where like Nicki Minaj is around, everybody is there and the thing, and he's talking about, he talked about uh, being sexually harassed or assaulted as a kid but by a woman right mm. a bunch of uh, girls in a room or whatever like when he actually ganged up on him and they raped him is what he said That's and sad. then he's like crazy thing was and he was like he said he was like 13 or like 12 years old and he was like crazy thing was I loved it I, I think I remember that. Yeah. And okay you see you know what that brings up a good point man because one thing I've noticed right is like this isn't even in the hood. I think this is just for men, period. It's celebrated when you have sex at a young age. Mm-hmm. Like, if you tell a bunch of niggas, and I, 
I got I got my first piece of pussy when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. They gonna be like, oh nigga, you pimping, oh you know you you housing these hoes, you know what I'm saying? And in reality, my nigga, you were raped, mm-hmm. especially because okay, when you grow up in in the hood, like especially when when you live that street life, I mean, it's not even when you grow up in the hood when you live that street life. Women do not care how old you are. A prostitute's not gonna care how how old you are. Um, these women out here who just be fucking niggas because they be out there, ladies. I'm not saying all you be doing it, but th- them thoughts be out there, okay? <laughs> them, them niggas not just imagine them in the rap songs. They out there. They don't give a fuck about how old you are either. A lot of them don't. And so, you know, when you 15, 16 and you got dough, you know, and, and you got gold and you got the shoes and you got the, the designer clothes, you're going to attract hoes. You're going to attract women who 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 want to fuck niggas that have money, yeah. right? And they're not gonna give a fuck about how young you are. They're gonna give a fuck about how much money you have. So, my first piece of pussy was at fifteen, and it was with an adult woman. And for a very long time, I thought I was cool. Till I was about like eighteen, and my friend Delaney, who who we went to school with, oh, yeah. told me she was like, "No, dude, you got raped. Like you got statutorily." Raped, like you were under the age of consent. It doesn't matter if it was a female. It doesn't even matter if you wanted to have sex with her. When you're a child, you cannot consent to rape huh? or or to sex. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can uh-huh. You cannot <laughs> consent to sex. So it's all so, and then that changed me because I was like, so that's where that's that's something that clicked in me as a man because when I was a kid. I heard plenty of stories of girls getting raped. There was even an instance where I was at a party and a girl got raped, right? And mind you, before that party, it had seemed like she was into the dude, but she was drunk. One thing Delaney showed me when she when she put this on me, it was like, it doesn't matter like if you were kissing the person, if you were holding them, it doesn't matter like what you were doing if you're drunk or if you're underage. It's rape. What Even if, what if they're both underage? Though? And I see now that I don't know because then is it is it rape for both of them? <laughs> That's so weird. You know what I'm saying? So I legally I don't know the answer to that question, but that is a question that is frankly on my mind. What does it just does it just cross itself out? Like I don't I don't know because I've never seen in a consensual um in a consensual situation i have never seen a boy be charged with having sex with a woman when they're both underage mm-hmm. right so i don't know that is a good fucking question though what's weird though is that like is it the same cuz like legally speaking in today's time like in some places consent is the age of 18 right but like here in minnesota the consent age is 16 right and then some places like Europe, I, I'm pretty sure like Belgium or so, mm-hmm. like I saw in the news recently, they're trying to change the age of consent from 18 to 14. Whoa. Which is like a huge drop. Whoa. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't give a fuck what that law said. If that was my daughter's shit, I'm stabbing somebody till my arm fell off. <laughs> fuck all that. Fuck oh, all that. And you see, okay. This is something, just, just thinking about how I would feel as a father, right? If I lived in a place with a law that said somebody could have sex with my daughter at 14. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes about these men who will never understand what women are trying to tell them till they have their own daughter and they're in that situation. One time there was this dude who argued with me over whether or not, over whether or not his friend had, had raped a girl. 
and I just couldn't get it through to him. He just would not see reason. Mm-hmm. So I hit him with one line. If that was your daughter, how would you feel about it? He was like, no, but I said, no, 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 my nigga. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No buts to this. If that was your daughter, how would you feel about it? Okay, well, I guess I'd be mad. I said, okay. Exactly. So whenever you see a woman, think about what if that was your daughter? How would you feel? That's how the fuck you supposed to treat a woman, dog. <laughs> like, ask yourself, would you want you dating your daughter? Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the way that we talk to women today as, as young men, especially men our age, I see them calling them bitches. I see them calling them hoes, dots, all these horrible names, right? But would you want a boy calling your daughter those names? Not even just like, no. not even just like towards you, but this is like for any black man that that is listening. Would you want a man treating your daughter the way you treat women? Some Pac said that always grabbed me. Uh, the song "Keep Your Head Up." Mm-hmm. Okay, he says, "One day we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies." Ooh. I never even thought about it like that until now. One day we gonna have a race of babies that hate the ladies that make the babies. Now that song came out in, in the 90s. And in today, that is what I see. Mm-hmm. I see a generation of men who have a lack of respect for the most vital part of our reproduction system, and that is the woman. Mm-hmm. Our reproduction cycle, our future, depends on the woman. If all women were to leave Earth tomorrow or die out tomorrow, we would die out very, very quickly afterwards. Men cannot survive alone. Now, I'm not saying women can either, but we have to recognize... I feel like they have a better chance, though. <laughs> <laughs> they're women. They're smarter, they're quicker, you know what I'm saying? They're women. But it's like, we have to understand that we are both equal parts of this circle. There's no one that is more important. Dad, I don't give a fuck what your religion tells you. There is no one between the man or the woman that is more important. We both need each other to survive. Mm-hmm. Young men, especially, I feel like need God to see made that. that way on purpose. Yeah, you know, literally. What's crazy is, um, <laughs> even though it sounds like a bad word, in a way, chaos makes sense mm. because chaos is like the the way of I wouldn't say confusing, but like, what's the word like when everything balances out, like. Is the word for that? I don't know. I was like, balance it out. Like, <laughs> the word balances know. out, right? right. So for some, for every bad reaction, there's also a good, good reaction. reaction, right? That's the world of chaos. It can't be all good. Hell all yeah, that's chaos theory, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, we talked about that in Jurassic Park. So that's existed, even though it it can cause con- confusion sometimes because right. all people may want it bad, people may want it all good. Right, but God created it that way, right. so it give you the choice of free will because you can right. only have free will when there's an option. Right, so, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, no man. I feel like okay, so like everything that affects the man affects the woman, and vice versa, whether it's negative or good. Like, I'm not a big Christian, but in the Bible, when Adam eats off the apple, or who was it? Was Adam or Eve that ate the apple? Eve. Eve. Okay, so when Eve eats the apple. God doesn't just cast out Eve. He casts out Adam, too. Because he Adam wasn't even there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like whatever whatever men do to each other affects the woman. When two niggas kill each other in the streets, 
both their mamas are affected. Both their sisters, both their grandmamas, all their female cousins, everybody's affected, right? When you cheat on your girl, that not only affects her, that affects that affects her friends because they got to help her recover. That affects, that affects her parents because you just hurt their daughter. You know what I'm saying? That affects you as a man too, though, because you just lowered yourself to that standard of cheating. So I think we got to recognize, man, that we need each other in all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no easy way around that. Some people don't want to hear that, but we need each other, man. We need each other. You want to hear something crazy? Hell yeah, man, please. I watched this anime recently. Mm. It's on Netflix. It's like the something of Ragnarok, right? And it works on that theory of like the how how things began, you know, that right. as far as that uh Eve biting the apple and getting cast out in the world of sin and everything like that. Right. So in this world, Jesus doesn't exist exactly. It's right. more like all the gods exist. Right. But he's not the main one. It's not like so basically him is Zeus, right? And then they have the the Greek gods, they got the other ones like Aphrodite, Poseidon, um, right, freaking Loki, right. or all those kind of motherfuckers, right. And it's like a war against them versus the human race because mm-hmm. the gods want to erase the humans forever, gave them enough yeah. time, and they fucked it up basically. Shit is so interesting. Yeah, and then uh, the Valkyries or a main Valkyrie suggests they do Ragnarok to decide humans versus gods if they can win they can fight for their freedom the right to live and everything right. and so forth right and the gods are completely against that but because she provokes Zeus he agrees to the battle mm-hmm. and it's obviously a big default because we're humans and they're gods yeah, right like nigga you stupid for that one <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying but the reason why it's a win is because she gets to pick all of the humans from that have ever existed, whether they're dead or alive, to be their warriors. So the greatest warriors, conquerors of all time, right. crazy people like like uh, like like Buddha or some shit like that. Right. That have done crazy things in this world, like Buddha, Einstein, or freaking um, Adam the first, all that kind of shit. Right. Right. So it's against God. So humans versus gods, but the thing that makes the gods defeatable is they have the weapon of a god that can right. kill a god right right, and that's the Valkyries they transform right. into the weapons to give them the aid to fight against the gods and get right. their life back right right. and even still it's a challenge humans are down one whatever the fuck right and then basically long story short Adam gets to go up against Zeus his creator the whole like it's the whole ordeal father versus son kind of shit right and this nigga Adam whoops Zeus's ass all the way up until the very end. And it's because his power can steal and or revert back to the other person that attacked him with it. Right. And the reason why it's so cool is because in the story or story playback or flashback, they give a very interesting idea that can if you think about it, very much so makes sense. Right. So basically, when Eve gets called in for um, her first, the sin of eating off the apple tree, right? Apparently, in this show, what happened actually was the snake tried to convert Eve and it tried to uh, force her to mm-hmm. sin. So it's like, so 
the idea of sin in this case scenario was basically right. like he was forcing on her. Like, right. Exactly. Right. And the sin is that. Sure. And she is trying to force it away. And because he wouldn't um, let go of her, what happened was he um, bit out of the apple himself, the snake, and took it to God and Damn. told him that she uh, bit the apple instead. Whoa. And it's the snake's word versus hers. Right. And God, in this case, hides, holds it higher than um, Eve's regard. Right. So Adam comes in, knowing she has not actually committed this sin, mm-hmm. with the whole tree full of apples, and he bites out of every single one. Damn. And tells him, cast me out with her. Damn. Real nigga shit. Yeah. Real nigga shit right And that's there. why he was like, Adam has the most right to hate God more than anyone else. Right. That's so, nuts. That was crazy. That's, that's a cr- what is the name of that anime? I don't even know. It's like Ragnarok something. That's crazy. Which I was like, that's fucked up if God Hell did yeah. that shit. Hell like, yeah. That's some wild ass shit. All right, y'all. So we're going to take a break real quick. We're going to be back probably like 10 minutes. My co-host Mike is going to be on with us. He's running a little bit late today. So we're going to take a break real quick and we'll be right back at you. Why <laughs> we be doing that? Piece from DD to Spectrum for y'all. This one's called Breathe. And don't know how a nigga can breathe with how hot that shit was. <laughs> that boy went off. So when y'all get the chance, go up on SoundCloud, look up my man DD Spectrum. So we back at y'all now with the second half of the episode. We got my late ass co-hosts, Gmo, aka Infamous Gizmo, I aka sorry. But I'm here. He's here. He's finally here. AKA late like he's Oprah. Like he get like he can just be late and say like, oh, don't worry about me, nigga. I can do whatever I want because I'm Oprah. You're not Oprah. <laughs> You're not MJ. Either of them. You don't shoot ball. <laughs> be be on time next time, nigga. You know Michael Jackson was late to everything. <laughs> Who the fuck gonna tell him he can't be? All he's gonna do is look at me. Moonwalk up and down your life. I'm out of here. What <laughs> fuck you talking about? Get the fuck out of here. So we back with DD Dispatcher, y'all. In this bitch. So we finna get this shit going. Alright, so before we went on break, man, like not directly before, because we got into a whole talk about God and anime and shit. But before that, <laughs> that's the spectrum with you. <laughs> before that though, before that though, right, we was talking about obstacles as a musician, right? Now, Gmo, you're an artist too. We all artists in here. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to start with you, man. We're going to start with you, Gmo. 
what are some obstacles you have faced in the process of making your art that you felt like you had to overcome to, to get to where you are today? Well, the one thing I just recently had to overcome was time. Like, again, it's because I said this in episode two. Time management, like, literally, like, and, like, social media. Mm. Go, say, go, say, go deep into I'll that. Say, I'll say that social media is a big was a big obstacle for me mm. because on a personal level, I would open up like Instagram, for example, and I'd see other artists doing shit or whatever the fuck. I I feel like oh, either I'm behind type shit in my own categories or whatever, or man, I should move like this because the next person's moving that way or whatever the fuck. I just had to realize that like. I have to do shit in my own way, like, right. li- or, or like, not even in my own way, at my own pace. But yes, mm. still in my own way, but also at my own pace. Right. I can't like do shit in my own way, but rush myself and try to get shit out like how fast other artists or other bands are and shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's it just yeah, time management and social media, cause like, and even like, say say you put out a song or you you're advertising yourself, like just dealing with how much attention you get or don't get like that shit is hard too like mm-hmm. you gotta be able to like don't think just cause you're not getting attention right off jump like oh man let me not do anything else ever right. again nah bro it's just like you gotta keep doing that shit mm-hmm. dude like yeah it's like uh, G Herbal said he made a he put out an album recently mm-hmm. uh not the not his latest one 25 he put out a, another album before that I forget what it's called I think no it wasn't called PTSD that's a track off of it. but anyway he has an album called Intuition or not intuition. He has a song called in, in, Intuition, and the sample of the song is um, "I Can Feel It in the Air" by Beanie Siegel. Y'all know that song, right? That bitch is a banger, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so at the end of the song, he says, "I hear people talk all the time about where they want to be and how they ain't there yet, and really, what it comes down to to me is either you haven't fully dedicated yourself to where you want to be, or your time just ain't come yet." Right. Do y'all agree with that? Do y'all feel like he's speaking facts on that? Well, fuck yeah. Like, he always like, speaks facts. Yeah, yeah, he do. He heard about. He heard about. Oh, right, right. I've never heard a time of him lying. Do y'all ever feel like in your own craft you have you could relate to what he's saying? Like, do you feel like your time, like, like you still waiting on in your that, time? Just that you mean just that uh, just those couple bars? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I I relate to G Herbo on that level and just him. Now, I don't relate to G Herbo in terms of him being in the streets, right. but I do relate to G Herbo in terms of being from the streets. Right. Like, it's Different. not... And that's kind of why, like, I, I kind of thought about, like, either going back to that bitch cash. I kind of thought about, thought about, like, either going back to St. Louis or, hmm, what, what would my music career look like if I was still doing this shit in St. Louis? Like, yeah, it'll probably be going the same pace. Like, it'll be bumping, little kind of bump, little jumping, but I don't think... I definitely probably would have been like I pro- I'm not even gonna cap. I probably would have just flat out sold you work. You good? No, I'm good. You good? I probably would have just flat out pushed work. If I right. stayed in St. Louis, I probably at this yeah. point would just flat out literally be in the streets like G Herbert. Right. So that's why I relate to him because like, yeah. and and but he was still again still actually in the motherfuckers, and I just relate to him for the simple fact that instead of doing the streets, I chose music. Even though he did both, right. he still in the long run chose the music. Right. Like, Bibby, Bibby chose the streets. And ain't nothing yeah. wrong, ain't, <laughs> no, ain't wrong with it. You, you gotta get it how you, how you, you can get, get, how get how it. You right. Like, he still makes some shit on the hill, still hit the yo, hit the stew every now and then, but like, he's still gonna go push that work because that's what right. the fuck you wanna do. That's that paper. That's guaranteed money and he ain't taking no, and he ain't hearing no, oh, make this many songs, perform here, here, and there from no fucking white man. Right. So, 
Right. Yeah, man. This is something I feel like white people don't understand. Regardless of where you live, when 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 you black, regardless of whether or not you grew up in the hood, when you black, you have to deal with so many things that a white person wouldn't understand. A Hispanic person would. Mm-hmm. Um, any any other minority would. Oh, like, I got a question for Didi, not to cut you off. Go ahead. Just to get him involved. Go ahead. I got a um. How is it for now that you're doing music and shit? Um, how is it for you with the dancing and your music? Like, do you think it'll be easier for you going about your music because you know, like, say, like for example, a music video, you you don't think like you would have as many problems as a person who don't dance because you don't need dancers and shit per se. Like, you uh-huh. can just dance and do your own. You know what I mean? Well. In a way, yeah, but like, I have this, like, self goal as an artist though. But uh, whenever I make it big, I make sure my homies that I know deserve to be credited and mm-hmm. get get shit done for themselves mm-hmm. also go up. Mm-hmm. So I would love to also bring along some of my dancer friends that's really talented and to try and you know lift them up. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do you uh do you? Do you still dance and fuck with, uh, what's his name, Clayton? Yeah, Clayton. Clayton. Clayton's yeah. one of my best friends. He's one of my only white friends. Mm. Only, <laughs> white, only white boy. Only, he's the only white boy I truly trust. Like, yeah. Like, for real. Yeah, hey, you need, need it be like that. Dude. You do. You need a couple of good white friends. That you Everybody trust. do. That's yep, that you can trust. Good, good to get you out of shit. Get True. credit score. Everything. Yep. So you think, like, it'll be nice to bring them aboard once you start doing like again for example music videos and stuff like it'll be nice to have your friends that dance and shit with you and stuff oh for sure be cool. my brother's an artist too I want to bring him along as well for sure how how would you say it's going for you in the local music scene like how do you how do you feel about the local music scene the local music scene mm-hmm. I don't really well okay on a personal level mm-hmm. they're kind of like iffy right now because mm, right. a lot of the ones that I've tried to do stuff with, they all kind of brush me off. Like mm, I agree. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. you, 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 are you for real about it? Kind of shit. Like yeah. thing. But I don't know. Maybe I have to start my own grind and show them I'm really about my business. Because as far Same. as I'm concerned, listening to all their music, nigga, I make better music than you. Why you? Why you hating on bro? Shit. <laughs> no. You know you gotta say. It. You gotta say. It. And I, in my defense, because I know I. I, I because I know I had brought up to you about a show and me and him hosting the show and shit. We are still on for that shit. I just got... We were just know, talking about that. I just did a whole bunch of shopping and shit. I got this... I had to get all the equipment and shit squared away at first. And I did have a venue, but the fucking... It fell through. Whatever. That don't matter. We are still on. Got a copper generator. We're good. Got sound mm-hmm. equipment. We're smooth. So, we actually... Yeah. And, like, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about, like, the... What kind of luck have you had getting shows booked? Besides, like, us doing the shit ourselves, like... Um, well, I, what I've noticed is I feel like I've wasted a little bit too much money and time on subscribing and, like, buying things, expecting that they'll actually do their job when it comes to marketing and everything mm. like that, because you never really get what you were hoping for in mm. yeah. those kind of situations. Mm-hmm. And when I subscribed, it's said that they're supposed to book shows for you or mm-hmm. send uh, your information to others but that doesn't mean you're going to hear anything back you're right like, it's kind of ridiculous I feel like we gotta still to this day and s- at least now because people are becoming more selfish and greedy about their their money and everything you else you that shit too I thought that was just me okay so yeah mm-hmm. okay so, okay yeah like they you gotta do that and then you gotta fucking 
expect so you're expected to like go out and do it the old way right like, yeah why profit yeah, yourself, yourself flyers all this shit firsthand but mm-hmm. you know for a while from like that 2000 to like 2012 ish mm. era they were looking for artists themselves they were going out discovering new people but nowadays it's like you have to go back to marketing yourself because you can't mm-hmm. trust anybody true but I feel like that's 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 an, that's an important thing to be able to do because when you're an artist right outside of your art you're running a business yeah you know what I'm saying so you you are your business right so any person who's in business will tell you that one of the most three the three most important things that you can do as a business owner is branding networking and marketing right mm-hmm. and you need to be able to do that in-house especially when you're an artist because we know that there is a long history of white you know band owners and white producers and white record company owners taking advantage of black artists and their excuse for taking that money out their pocket is oh well I had to market you I had to pitch to these guys I had to spend money out my pocket and waste my time and da 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 so I gotta take this off the top it's only fair right so what I'm hearing is we need to start doing this shit ourselves like, exactly right that's what Ice Cube was trying to tell niggas in the 80s everybody thought he was tripping when he came out with no Vaseline because they thought it was just uh, a not, diss song I'm not, I mean like we like on some straight up lynch mob it shit, did like, right us, like we can start that's what he was trying to wrong. say like literally that's what he was trying to say was if you're going to be an artist you need to be able to do it yourself because if you put it in the hands of somebody else like you said you will be taken advantage of and it's we not going to be the part of you and we know we ain't going to take advantage of each other we all, right you know what I'm we all right so you at least got to get a team of niggas that come from where you are that's what I'm that's, that's loyal to you if you why, at the least that's why some of the best rappers today are entrepreneurial independent rappers literally okay so not even a rapper. Look at look at LeBron James. All right, when he, he just became the first NBA billionaire. Right, and when he was when he was drafted straight out of high school, the NBA gave him a manager like they do everybody else. Okay, but LeBron had a friend um, that he grew up with who wanted to be his manager. So what does LeBron do? He drops the manager that the NBA gave him and he gave that job to his friend. And now his friend is one of the most successful managers in NBA history. And now he's moving to manage athletes from the Major League Baseball, from NFL, from bigger shit. You know what I'm Actually saying? about his money. Right, because LeBron put his, his faith in him. Even. Exactly, because LeBron put his faith in him. And if you're LeBron's ma- like agent, nigga, you're made. Because LeBron is the fucking LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so that's what the fuck we have to do as so black men. You got two sons who are clearly going to be all I'm telling you. Like I'm not, telling you. It's not even fucking fair. <laughs> it really it's not. Isn't. It's not. To future generations playing basketball, it's not fair. It's not even. Like, these niggas are going to be the, like, the, like the Lannisters of the fucking basketball They're going to be taking all the MVP titles for like Literally. the next 20 years. Literally. 30. For real. And you know damn well the Lakers going to be like, oh, we getting these kids. Oh. <sighs> That'd be, that'd be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That's it's, terrible. It's between Lakers and Cleveland for who wants them kids. Yeah. Yeah. Promise you. He won the title. Well, I don't give a that. fuck what no Cleveland no. nigga says. You know they still butthurt about the fact they lost LeBron. Because yeah, yeah. those were their best fucking years. He did. He carried that whole team. He did, every time. That's why I chose to leave. Both times he carried that team. But I feel bad for saying that when Kyrie was on that team. Because like Kyrie was great. Mm-hmm. Kyrie played with the ball too oh. much. Yeah. Bro, you know damn well. Off. You know damn well 
LeBron be getting mad about all these motherfucking players the Nets is putting on their team. They got they got Kyrie, they got fucking uh what's Kevin it? Durant. Kawhi or whatever the fuck his name is, Kawhi or whatever. Kawhi yeah, like they got He's all on the these six, niggas. Seven, sixers now. Yeah. I feel like they should make a rule against that where you're not allowed to have more than like three star players on your team. Yeah, like, like if your whole roster is freaking stars. That's how this nigga be playing Madden, bro. What? <laughs> what? This nigga be like, look man, look man, you can have a good, you can have a star QB. Not fucking Brady. Alright, you can't. Nigga, you get a thought QB, and you get a wide receiver. You get a QB that can throw the ball, and you get a nigga that can catch it. That's it. Everybody else gotta be regular, baseball, front of great niggas. I'm telling you, look, bro, look, bro. What time, what time? I'm about to put your shit out there, Mike. What time? What time? Then you go down and pick. Who's your quarterback? Who's your quarterback? Oh, 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 oh. Peyton Manny. Go down and pick fucking Peyton Manny, who don't drop a bag. And then, oh, shit. All of a sudden, and oh wait, the nigga can run. Which since when can the big bastard run? Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the first times we played Madden, we created our own team because we're playing Madden 08. So that so that was a feature. Now when you create your own team, you get to draft the players. <coughs> Mind you, I'm a nigga who thinks like a coach. So I saw that budget. I drafted accordingly. I got the players that I could afford. And you know I budgeted the rest. This nigga, this nigga right here, gonna draft all free agents for every position. They need to be on the field. Make a player of himself. Okay. Made him OP. Mm-hmm. Then drafted all free agents. I didn't even make him OP. I put him through my real life stats. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Put him through his real life stats. Okay, but I ain't never seen no fucking football nigga evaluate you. So until I see that, I don't know about them stats, nigga. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, this nigga drafts all free agents and then gets mad at me because my players are fucking his team up. And I told him like, why would you draft free agents? You know he's going up against. They weren't even. Fuck, they weren't even fucking me up though. They weren't even fucking me up though. His quarterback <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't drop the ball though. What happened last game though? What happened last game? What happened last time we played Madden, nigga? Peyton Manning threw for fucking like 17 and 24. He literally <laughs> did not, bro, besides me like literally physically intercepting the ball, he does not drop a fucking pass. Hey, dude, this nigga drew me in one drive one time. He threw the ball once, that nigga took off. I'm telling hey, who, 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 who was your star wide receiver? Tell him. Chad Johnson. Who else, nigga? Who else did, was did, my Did, did, did you was have Randy Moss? I did it. Because I had Santana Moss. I did that, right? Chad Ocho Cinco, Randy Moss. He, he made a creative character himself as a tight end. This nigga is a 6'4", 225, motherfucking 99 catch rating tight end. Who the fuck? It's like the nigga played from Ole Miss. He might as well put Michael Orr in tight end or something. He talking about you got all lie. three angels. The he fuck else you supposed to do? The nigga middle linebacker was Terry something. Yeah. Terry said One of the best middle linebackers of that year. He probably came out of LSU or something. Some white yep. boy cornbread fed ass. Sure was though. Then, then the nigga That boy came out of Wisconsin. To add salt to injury, he names them the Iowa the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. So I'm getting my ass kicked by literally playing cornfield tractor driving. <laughs> That's all right. And, and Peyton Manning. Sure did. And Peyton, Peyton Manning and the boys. Yep. Fuck off. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, don't even, I don't even play that shit no more. He don't. He don't. He ain't been over to play Madden in a minute. I don't play Madden either. I Whooping my ass with this, this nigga guy don't even miss a field goal. He can kick a motherfucking field goal from one end of the field to the next. And it'd be good. It's good, <laughs> coach. Good at whistles blowing, flags flying. 
We get we get we get a touchdown off a kick return. You can tell this nigga salty. You can tell this nigga salty. The Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> I haven't played Madden in a while, but I really I really don't play is because my brother always kicks my ass in it. I mm. can be up by twenty points mm-hmm. or three touchdowns, mm-hmm. and the moment I say after this game I gotta go. Mm. It kills me. Mm-hmm. Just because you leaving. Like, oh, just okay, bet. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. bet. So I can finish you off now? Mm-hmm. Bet, 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 bet. Right. It's not even fair. Mm-hmm. I always hate playing against my older brothers, man. Even today, my older brother, bro, you think I'm a bit? Let me tell you something about Dennis fucking Halverson. Hey, nigga, if you listen to this podcast, you a bitch. Okay? <laughs> because this nigga, this nigga has a move with the fucking GameCube controller Every pass he throws, he fucking hits. This nigga will take the ball on the kickoff return and intentionally make his player like throw himself down at his own first yard line just so he can throw the bitch all the way to the other end of the field and get that big ass touchdown. He do that shit just to fuck with you. Who's his quarterback? He don't even be having good. You know, see, yeah. you know, he says a thing. No, nope. I don't want to hear it. It's not. It's not. It's not the it. quarterback. This nigga is. Like I don't a feel that for you. He was. Oh damn! Till you get your oh, ass. It's like I, I did have my okay. Like oh that. no no it's okay though. See now you see he be like that. He be on that shit. No, it's yeah. cool. Up, it's cool. It see if you hit this shit, nigga. See if you hit this shit. Oh, okay. Fuck Big Manny. Now I can't even hit the weed because of the bastard. Hit that shit of a time in 08. Is Peyton Manning still playing? No, he retired. He better not be still playing. I go literally injure that. There you go. <laughs> Hop on a plane with a baseball. You said he's still playing. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come no, take man, a hey Peyton, come take a ride. Come take a ride with me, huh? No, no man, fucking Tom Brady took his spot, dude. Now he's the nigga that everybody hates. <sighs> Cause you know damn well Tom Brady's next. He's gonna retire in like two years. I hope. You know damn well every coach that has to like coach the team that's playing against Tom Brady is like, all right, look, y'all, we gonna lose this bitch, all right, but just just try your best. No, don't don't even try and make a fucking play, Johnson. It's over, all right. You know, you look across that field. You see that nigga over there? It's over. It's over. He got Gronkowski back. We done. All right, we just going. Coach, try not coach, to get injured. Come get this nigga, please. Right, coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but seriously, uh, Didi, you got any uh, new projects or anything you're working on? New thing, anything new you want to tell the fans yes. about? People um, listening? my first project, a little LP, about hope about nine or ten songs long, is uh, called Out of Disorders, um, and that'll be the first project I drop, and it's got a lot of bangers that I'm very very proud of. Only thing to finish is I just gotta lease all the beats for the song for or the song, songs on the LP. And uh, be able to put it out. Hopefully on my birthday. Mm. What's the name of the LP again? Out of Disorders with a Z. You heard it first. Team Rock <clears throat> in the building. Doobie Rock. Real Talk. DD the Spectrum. Yep, yep. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. Out of Disorders coming soon in the works. Yep. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. We're gonna catch y'all next week on another episode of Real Talk. We out of here. Lift off. <laughs>